news, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. S here, Lauren joining me as always. And ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday morning for the people who are listening. So yes, that means we have a guest. For the people who have listened to this podcast, listened to me, listened to any of the content that they have uh, ingested over the last couple of months, you will be familiar with this face because we have talked quite a bit about <laughs> San Antonio Spurs basketball. Uh, this is the editor-in-chief of Air Alamo, does a bunch of things uh, Spurs-related, Noah Magaro-George. Noah, how you doing, brother? I'm great. Uh, you know, Spurs are on a what, 14, 13 game losing streak. So that's not fun. <laughs> but, you know, covering Wimbenyama is a, is a fun task. So I'll yeah. take, you know, the wins where I can. But other than that, I cannot complain. I'm doing great. How about y'all? Uh, we're doing good. We we're doing good. good. Listen, um, yeah, we're excited to have you on just because, of course, Wemby. But there's also I think there's like a healthy bit of conversation to have about the San Antonio Spurs, about, you know, their current state, what they might look like in the future, some of the decisions that have been made around Wemby. I think there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of, you know, I wouldn't necessarily lean towards it being called controversy because it's not controversy, but just in general discussion yeah. around how they are building out this team around Victor Wembanyama. I, I, I just, I guess I want to ask just before we even get into that type of stuff, What's the temperature check with Spurs fans right now? Because you mentioned the losing streak, right? 13, 14 in a row. Um, if it weren't for, <laughs> if it weren't for the Pistons, you know, like bottoming out and losing 15 in a row, maybe there would be more heat on the Spurs not, you know, getting those wins up, if you will. Um, how, sure. <laughs> like, how, how is the feeling right now in Spurs land in terms of just the vibes of this team and what the expectations were coming in with everything? I would say not great. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I think fans, there were a lot of them who had this expectation that you landed the number one pick. He's a generational prospect. Therefore, you should be really good. Uh, and then I think there was another subset of fans who were like, hey, this team was awful. And you only really added one piece who's generational, but a teenager. Let's see where this goes. I think they're still going to be bad. Uh, and there's not been a lot of gray area. So those two subsections of fans kind of butting heads not a lot of like happiness around Spurs Nation right now, for sure. And I, and I think there's a lot of frustration just with uh, some of the way the offense has been run. Obviously, mm -hmm. pretty negligible improvements on defense. So, yeah, not great right now. I would say the vibes are pretty bad uh, across the Spurs fandom. So it seems like there's a lot of split uh, for, from yeah. what I'm gathering. And honestly, from just reading on Twitter, I can, I can sense that split. <laughs> I have, I have a couple of Spurs fans, including yourself that I follow. And I'm like, oh man, there, there seems to be some turmoil going on. Uh, <laughs> despite the, you know, obviously, like you said, drafting Victor Wembanyama. uh, I think there was this expectation that, okay, maybe this team could be a little bit more friskier, than people thought, especially with the way they started the season, you know, that win over the Suns. <laughs> it, 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 Their like, last win. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their very last win against yeah. the Phoenix Suns. Uh, sweeping the Suns, by the way, right? Am I correct in that? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they back-to-back -back wins against the Suns. Yeah. 
my gosh. I, I just it, – it feels like we're so far away from that, right? Because of just everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks that it's like we sort of forget this is a very, very young team. Uh, and mm-hmm. you mentioned some of the struggles. They're 28th in offense and I believe 27th in defense. Bottom, last yeah. in net rating right now. Uh, so they're struggling. There's no question about that. There is the good with the bad. And I guess this is where we can get into, you know, you mentioned some of the offensive stuff, some of the questions around how this team is structured. What are those things that are underlying? Because I know we can we can get into the Trey Jones versus Jeremy Sohan yeah. conversation. We can get into Sohan and how he's being, uh, you know, developed, if you will, and how that affects Wembenyama. Is it just that or is there other stuff around it that is also concerning? Yeah, I mean, I think there's other things and we can definitely get into that. But I think the first thing you have to start off with is the Sohan point guard experiment, as you know, Popovich calls it. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are ready for that to be over. I just don't know that they should expect it to end anytime soon. And and I think really the biggest issue with that is not that like Sohan's a terrible player or anything, because I think there's been a lot of flipping from oh, you know, he's he's got a lot of talent. We're really excited to, oh, well, he's the reason for everything. And he's not the reason for everything. But Popovich making him point guard has a couple of issues. My first issue with it is, I mean, he's never played point guard. Like, he's explicitly said that. I've never played point guard until I got to the NBA. So you're making a guy who never played point guard play the arguably the hardest position in the NBA. And one of his problems playing that position is he just doesn't have a great handle you know, he doesn't have a lot of burst. He doesn't have a lot yeah. of wiggle. He's not getting a lot of, you know, dribble penetration like a traditional point guard or facilitator, if you will, would get. And so he's not collapsing the defense. They're not getting good looks. They're wasting a lot of shot clock in the half court. Uh, just having him either A, kind of dribble around and they're not really sure what's going on. They're having to pivot to, you know, secondary actions. Or B, he's killing his dribble and now guys are having to go to him to get the ball. And then they reset everything. And it's created problems. And like, it, again, it's not really necessarily his fault. I mean, he didn't ask mm-hmm. to play point guard, but if that's what's going to happen when he's, you know, playing point guard out there, then I, I just don't really know what else you can expect. Cause it's not going to be, you know, this overnight transition where he's just going to be great. You know, all of a sudden right. it's just going to click. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think this is what it's going to look like until things change <laughs> and the Spurs are not going to change until Popovich is ready to say, I've seen enough. And I really, I don't yeah. know how long that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess no. I, Lauren, just real quick before, before sure. we jump in here and sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to interject, but I just wanted to kind no, of you're good. state Go some for numbers it. for the people who are listening. Sohan, 11 points per game. He's shooting 44% from the field, 42% on threes, which is actually surprising. It's low volume, <laughs> but still uh, 80% from the free throw line. That one hand free throw is working 5.4 <laughs> rebounds, 4.4 assists. And I think his usage rate, I believe is near the top of the team. Let me double check that. Yeah, he is actually, no, he's still, it's still like below 20% for his usage rate. So it's not like he's commandeering the offense as well. To your point about the, the uh, on off numbers uh, and just how it looks with and without the trio of Wembenyama, Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan in 49 minutes plus 8.69 with Jeremy Sohan off and Trey Jones and Wemby on. It's plus 7.6, but through a larger sample size, there's 151 minutes of that. When you take uh, when you take Sohan off and when you have Trey and Wemby, the lineups have done wonders. It works very well. But the last of those combinations is 
the Wemby-Sohan combination with Trey Jones off. In 296 yep. minutes, they are minus 21. It hasn't been a successful <laughs> yeah. lineup. The experiment, to your point, uh, you know, I, I imagine people are frustrated because of those numbers, because it mm. hasn't worked. And sorry, I just wanted to bring that up just numbers-wise to give context yeah. to this conversation. Lauren, go for it. Sorry. Didn't mean yeah, that. no, I'm glad. Nothing it it kind of segues it into perfect perfectly kind of blending what the both of you said. So kind of going back to what you said, Noah, about not necessarily anticipating anything to change or to change in the starting lineup and kind of how they're doing things. And then with the numbers that S just said, uh, what do you think kind of the areas are for, I don't want to just say improvement because that's such a, a broad umbrella way to look at it. But I think when you're looking at the pieces like the Devin Vassell and, and even Malachi Branham and Julian Champagny who have come in and had started certain games, where do you look at areas and, and room for improvement to potentially try and improve the numbers from a lineup perspective if you also anticipate uh, the experiment with Jeremy Sohan to not come to an immediate end? What, what in the near future uh, can they kind of you know look to improve? Yeah, I mean, there's just so much with this young team that can be improved. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. a lot of what Devin Vassell has done, because he's basically, outside of Wimbenyama, been like, you know, one of their leading scorers. Mm -hmm. None. It feels like none of his shots are easy. It feels like yeah. everything he's taking and making is really difficult. Like, they've mm -hmm. run some, like, floppy action for him. They've had him coming off with some dribble handoffs. Um, you know, they've they've run some, like, weak side pick and roll with uh, uh, empty side pick and roll rather with him and Wimbenyama to try to, you know, just have them two on the floor together on one side. You don't have to worry about anybody else. And even then, like teams kind of know what's coming. They're not mm -hmm. really that worried. And he's taken a ton of contested mid-range jumpers. And, and like, as for everybody else, it's like Wimbenyama's done the same thing. Like guys are pushing him mm -hmm. off of his spot when he's trying to draw mismatches in transition. He's taking a lot of really far contested mid-range jumpers. Uh, and even in transition, when he gets ahead, like guys are just missing him. Like they're missing him right. with lobs. And it's really been accentuated with like Sohan. Like when he misses it, people are like, well, that's why he shouldn't play point guard. But it's it's, it's not just him. You know, right, it's right. it's Vassell. It's Keldon Johnson. It's Julian Champagny. It's everybody. Um, mm -hmm. And it, even Trey isn't like, you know, flawless in this. But there are just so many problems, I feel like. With this offense, I feel so often that they, when they do try to run things in the half court, it's not smooth. They're running into hiccups. Mm -hmm. They're running into each other. Um, <laughs> it's just been really tough to watch. And I and I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but I do want to say mm -hmm. they're shooting like thirty five ish percent from three, uh, which is like I think twenty sixth or twenty seventh in the league. So the spacing isn't good either. The execution isn't good, and it's just kind of made this amalgamation of like mm -hmm. ugly basketball it's been really right. hard to watch at times so just a lot of problems across the board but again like if you're the youngest team in the league i think that's it's going to happen from time to time and probably more often than not 35 yeah. percent they're 24th 35. uh in the nba in percentage and they are i believe they're near the top of the league in attempts. i think they're 11th in attempts yeah they are 11th wow. in attempts yeah you got your numbers right um i, I think like in terms of what that team is, right? Vassell has improved as a three-point shooter. They're obviously getting Wemby to attempt those shots a lot. Kelton Johnson is a three-point shooter. I think the attempts-wise, you've got the right idea there. But maybe it is the lineups. Maybe it is maximizing mm -hmm. what lineups work and what lineups don't. Uh, and I was just looking at some of the most often used lineups for this team. And it does sort of lend to the idea of Sohan versus Trey Jones. I, I, I hate to keep bringing it to that, but when you have the starting lineup that has played 88 minutes together, and that is the Sohan, Devin Vassell, Kelvin Johnson, Zach Collins, Wemby group, 
They're minus 16 in 88 They're minutes awful. versus yeah. versus the it's <laughs> no been nice really bad. It. <laughs> yeah, but like versus the Trey Jones starting lineup which albeit has not played a lot, 18 minutes they're plus 15 in those minutes. Again, very, very small sample size. It's it, We haven't seen enough of it. But even in that amount of time, it's been a little bit more successful. And to your point about Sohan, yes, it's the ability to get downhill, to, you know, burst, oh, like, get just get downhill is a huge part of this. Paint touches is a massive part of creating these open threes and getting good looks for teams offensively. So now... The defense is in rotation. Keldon Johnson is taking easier shots. Devin Vassell is taking easier shots. Wemby is taking easier shots. It works and flows a lot better. Um, Mm -hmm. This seems like something that inevitably is like just a growing pain for this team. I don't think it's, you know, structurally an issue. Um, But I I, I also like, I commend them for saying we're going to continue this Sohan experiment because I think there is a really, really good talented player in there. Is he a future point guard? No, but it, but what is <laughs> but what he's going to be for this team inevitably, which is like a Swiss Army knife, you know, mm-hmm. like do it all type player on the court. Having him grow as a playmaker and creator might help you long term. Do you yeah, still see that. that vision, or are you have you abandoned ship already? Yeah, I think I see the vision. I just think you kind of seen what you need to see. Like once you get to like twenty or so games, I think you've got a large yeah. enough sample size. You know what's you know what's working, what's not working. And I think one thing that's really important to bring up is like guys from the San Antonio Express News, like Tom Orsborn, um, you know Jeff McDonald. They've been doing this for decades. And one thing that they have consistently brought up that fans continue to kind of just like neglect and like push to the side is when Pop wants to experiment with something. He'll explicitly say it, and he has, right? He's explicitly said this is an experiment. He has used those words. And when he talks about something in that context, he usually, according to the guys who've been doing this for decades, who I trust, right? Like (laughs) they usually do it for about 20 games and then they move on. We're getting to that, like we're getting to that hallmark. Maybe they do it a little longer. Maybe they, 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 they end it early, but I think we're getting to, to the point where it's probably over, but I think he'll be better for it. As you mentioned, like I just think. Yeah. Look, he's not a point guard. He probably will never be a point guard. But a lot of fans probably don't watch the Austin Spurs, and that's okay. They're a G League team. But like in the past couple of years, that's kind of what they do with all of their prospects. They just do it in mm-hmm. Austin. And now you're right. seeing it in San Antonio. Like I, I don't think fans are used to seeing that sort of big-scale experiment for an NBA team, especially at the expense of winning. Not that this team was going to yeah. win a lot more games, but they probably could have picked up a few more wins here or there. So I think that's a thing where like, hey, it's okay. You can be patient just a little longer. It's probably almost over, but it probably will help him. Like just having him have that experience is huge. So I'm fine with it, especially because I think mm-hmm. we're probably close to the end. But even if we aren't, like there's just not a lot to lose. There's still a lot of team building that needs to be done yeah. through the draft, through free agency. This is not the thing that's going to make everything crumble. Yeah, I think yeah. what what fascinates me about the Spurs roster, kind of looking at from afar for not just coming into this year, but even in previous years, they've got interesting prospects that I felt like at ev- at each draft recently, it's like 
oh, that's a sleeper pick. That's a good pick. And yep. so I'm kind of yeah. like waiting for, you know, the Blake Wesley, the Malachi Branham, those two specifically really, really interest me. Um, and, and some of these other young guys just getting a little bit more of an opportunity. And obviously now is the time where they're going to be get, getting those opportunities. What I wanted to ask you is, do you, and maybe this is hard to predict, but do you foresee maybe any other potential <laughs> experiments or any other significant lineup changes where maybe they play a little bit smaller or just try to go with a different lineup that could provide an opportunity for some of these guys closer to the end of the bench that I think some may still have some stock in uh, or a lot of stock in for that matter. Do you see those guys, where do you see them fitting long-term? Yeah, uh, I will answer that question for sure. I, that is a great question, by the way. I love the question. I think I'm going to take it in one way and then kind of get there. Um, Okay. With the Spurs, you know, at the beginning of the year, they were like, we're not playing Wimby at the five. We kind of want to insulate him with Zach Collins at the five. Look, Zach Collins has been pretty bad. You can look at the numbers. He's shooting terrible from three. He's taking a ton of threes by Cinder standards. Um, And it's not, it's not going well. But with Wimby at the five, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I wish I had brought them with me. I have. Um, They've been awesome. I have. They have been really (laughs) awesome with him at the five. And I think, one of the lineups that would really make sense is Trey at the one, Vassell at the two, Keldon at the three, Soen at four, mm-hmm. Wimby at yep. five. I think that's your best lineup, and I think it's mm-hmm. the one that makes the most sense. And once they do that, I think it opens the door for them to experiment with you know, Blake Wesley at, at backup point guard because he got a ton of those minutes last season. Yeah, But that was, was once they kind of called it a day, and they, they were like, right. we're done. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and I think he deserves a chance to at least kind of show his worth – Let's see how he's grown, but I'll be a hundred percent transparent with you. I'm not a big Blake Wesley guy. I'm not a big Blake <laughs> Wesley believer. Um, didn't Fair. really get the pick when they made it. Um, and like, I haven't seen a ton from him. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Like the numbers have Fair. been pretty bad on him in the NBA, but right. I still am excited to see like, can he continue to kind of learn on the job? Cause I think that's a valuable thing to have is like, rather than, Absolutely. you know, learning the G league rather than sitting at the end of the bench, learning on the job is huge. So I'm more than willing for them to give him that sort of Liberty to run the second unit. Will they, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think making that first lineup adjustment will allow them to at least try that. Cause you're not good. Right. Like there's no reason not to try it. You should <laughs> at least it. give it a run, give it a run. Yeah. yeah. I have the numbers uh, here for you. So in 16 <laughs> minutes, that five-man group that you mentioned without Zach Collins, so it would be Kel- Kelton Johnson, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, Sohan, and Wemby. Uh, 16 minutes, 142 offensive rating, 84 defensive rating, a plus <laughs> a plus 58.4 negative ra- uh, net rating. Now, okay, look, again <laughs> – it is 16 minutes. Size, yeah. It's, yeah, a small sample size theater. We can do it all the time. But sometimes, man, sometimes when it's that good, you have to give it a shot. You have to at least mm-hmm. try it. And if we're going with the whole, like, experimentation, uh, you know, kind of vibe here over the next 20 games. Okay, so we now have a 20-game sample size of Sohan at point guard. Let's switch it up. Let's pl- Let's play him in that utility knife role that he's supposed to be in. Uh, and let's see how this works. I think Sohan is a great rebounder for his size, a great like uh, offensive rebounder for his size as well. I, I think a lot of those things make sense next to Wemby. Ideally, I don't know, man. It just works for me. I think that's the final version <laughs> yeah, of this team. Makes Maybe sense. not the final version of this team. I, that's probably rushing yeah, it. But, but like, I, I get what you're saying, though. You know? I, I get what uh, you're saying. And, and I think, like, if, if real quick, like, the nail in the coffin for me where I was like, I think this experiment can be done with. We've seen enough. Soan had a career high 33 two games ago. 
Yeah. And it was the game where like mid game, they were like, okay, um, this is not going well. We're going to go ahead and shift trade a point guard. We're going to leave Soan in there. We're going to let him play the four. He was getting the loose balls. He was corralling offensive rebounds. He was cutting in the half court. He was sprinting down the court, beating his man in transition. He was doing right. all the things we saw last season, and he just looked like a different guy. He looked so happy. Wow. He looked so relieved not to be having the ball in his hands. Like, I can't really speak for him, but just the way, like his energy, the right. way he was active, like it just felt right. And everything sort of clicked. Did they lose the game? Yes, they, they lost. Um, and actually, funny enough, they ended up losing the lead in the fourth quarter once they took Trey out. And they made Sohan shift back to point guard. Um, So to me, that was like, it it needs to be done there. But again, I understand it. I'm fine to let them do it for, you know, a little bit longer if that's what they think they need. But I think Sohan just is better suited as that. Like both of you have been saying like that Swiss army knife off ball, you know, kind of glue guy, the guy who just makes everything work. So I I can't wait to see it. He was he yeah. was awesome in his rookie year as that I I would like he for was. them to double down on that. Um yeah. and you know, let's see let's see how he looks with Wemby beside him as that. And you know, you mentioned the Colin stuff. Uh I think there is some merit to the hey, you need a big body <laughs> next to Wemby. He has struggled though, and that's there's no question about that. Um so kind of moving into the Wemby conversation because obviously He's a huge part of all of th- he is the part of all of this, right? With the whole this whole sure. conversation <laughs> because because of how are we gonna maximize how this guy looks. Yeah. I guess the part A to this question is I feel like the people are saying, Oh, well, this isn't maximizing Wemby. I feel like 20 games is probably a little bit too crazy to jump on that and be like, yeah. oh, it's it's hurting his developmental path. No, this is 20 games. Like we're we're not this isn't like yeah. some grand scheme impact on things. Would you agree A is the first question and B in general, how have you seen the the Wemby process over the first 20 games? Not necessarily the most efficient basketball, but he's still getting to near 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks a night. Like he's he's productive, but not efficient and we probably talked about the offensive process and how that might be. But just in general, your thoughts on on how Wemby has progressed through these 20 games? Part A, I agree. Like, I, I think it's too early to say, like, oh, they're ruining his development. This is going to hurt him long term. I don't think that's, like, again, it's 20 games. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous to say that, like, for anyone who yeah. is bringing that up. But also understand the frustration. As for his process, it's been a little rough. Um, like, we talked about it earlier. He's taking a ton of contested mid-range jumpers. But in, yeah. in that same breath, it, at times it's like, okay, it is the shot selection. But at other times it's, you know, it's the end of the shot clock bail us out we didn't generate anything so like Mm -hmm. it can't all be on him it isn't all on him but there are certainly times where it's early in the shot clock he's taking the ball down the court and he's like yeah i think i'm just gonna pull from three right now um (laughs) and it's like whoa like you've made 27 percent of your threes in your entire professional career uh i'm not saying don't shoot the three but maybe think about what three you're taking like there's a lot of irrational heat checks that are like a little a little jarring at times. They're exciting. Don't get me wrong. Like if he makes yeah, it, it's like, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. like, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the process has been like a little bit frustrating at times, but again, like some of it is like the way that this offense runs, like they have run a ton of high pick and roll with him and Vassell, which I love. I love seeing that. Um, mm-hmm. 
but Vassell has missed him quite a bit on the roll. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. nothing he can do about that. Like once, once you miss him and he's not open anymore, you're resetting. What Why? do you do? Like then you bay, he bails you out at the end of a possession. Um, there's been some, there's been some good from him. I, I've liked that. Like in recent games, he's taken fewer threes. Like he's passed up on threes to try to get some dribble penetration. Um, guys are still closing out hard on him. And if they're going to close out that hard and you can put the ball on the floor, why not? So I've really liked that from him. I've seen a little bit of maturation in that area, but right. yeah, as, as for, for the whole season, this 20 game ish sample size, it's been tough to watch at times for sure. The NBA season is heating up and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether you're looking to hammer a Pascal Siakam player prop or ride the money line with Legault and the Lakers, our partners at Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up our listeners with one of the newest sports books available in Canada, Botano. Botano is home to some of the best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets, including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do is get started and scan the QR code on your screen or click the link in our description to register and place that first bet. If you thought Dame Dalla being traded to the Bucks has been the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Botano. Don't walk Run to check out Botano, scan the QR code, or hit the link in the description to get started, and start sweating your bets with the best. Always remember to bet responsibly, and within your means, viewers must be 19-plus to sign up for Botano. Yeah. The the most jarring number for me, Lauren, is Mm -hmm. he only gets to... He shoots rim attempts 30% of the time on his shot diets. That's the 18th percentile for his position, according to cleaning the glass. So he he does not shoot at the rim a lot. He shoots 19% of his shots in the long mid-range area, which would be 94th percentile for his position. Yeah. He shoots a lot of those things. Um and I think part of that, by the way, is the offensive process. Like you're mm-hmm. like you're saying, guys aren't seeing him on the roll. He's not able to get those rim attempts up because guys aren't seeing him. I think there's an adjustment process there. But also it's like there is part of him that he needs to get used to that aspect of it too. Lauren, uh, just to kind of swing it back to you. Yeah. What if what do do you think like the whole rookie of the year conversation? We've had this discussion a lot. <laughs> right. Um when it comes to like chat versus Wemby and the efficiency right. talk versus, you know, role and context and whatnot. How do you deviate that? Like, how do you try to, to mm. sparse through a guy who is like high usage player is right. the number one option on a team, team that is struggling, albeit versus mm-hmm. a guy who's like plug and play on a very, very good team, killing right. it efficiency wise, but not necessarily putting up, you know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you, how do you it's it it's tricky it's tricky because and this will actually probably segue into my next question for noah but i when you're looking at the context of the players around um the the candidate that is the rookie of the year candidate it's very hard to differentiate how much is that player responsible for and how much is that player you know contributing to the numbers or is it I mean, not not saying that it should be a knock if you're getting set up by SGA all day long and your numbers are crazy versus if you're struggling to get hit on the pick and roll with Devin Vassell. You know what I mean? That's not all one person's fault. And so I think to me, it's it's not that you're comparing apples and oranges. I, I personally, it kind of goes back to how I feel about having a rookie of the year race when you've got a candidate who's not 
really truly in their first year in the league and kind mm-hmm. of hearing what Gilbert Arenas touched on when he said the age difference between Wemby and Chet again there's always going to be differences it's always going to be an apples and oranges situation with different guys in different situations but yep. I think when you're looking at Wemby and his current situation looking at what he's doing the numbers that he's putting up in terms of his situation and the efficiency taking into account what we talked about with the shortcomings of, you know, the lineups and and just what he has to work with. You're comparing apples and oranges completely. And so while S and I have talked about Chet and where we do expect the rookie of the rate, the rookie of the year race to go in terms of what voters really value, it does. I think that that comes down to more of a flaw in the voting system more than it does that Chet is just far and above. You know what I mean? That's just my personal opinion on it. But sort of the question that I had for you, and kind of also a two-part question, looking at the point guard position and also looking at the, 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 the other big, whether it be the four or the five next to Wemby, prototype wise, what do you want to see from a point guard next that plays with Wemby, whether it be scoring or pass first? And as from a big perspective, whether it's Jeremy Sohan at the four or they do try to find a better version of a, a Zach Collins or a big to keep playing Wemby at the four, whether it be for a preventative uh, perspective or whatever, what is the ideal scenario, ideal prototype for you uh, to help elevate Wemby and for him long-term? Yeah, I mean, I'd just love to see a point guard who can not just be a threat to get dribble penetration. Cause like Trey Jones can do that, but there right. isn't a lot else there. Like his floaters really failed him the last couple of seasons. He's not really a threat to pull up from mid range. He's not a guy who necessarily gets all the way to the rim all that often. And then he's also mm-hmm. not a threat from three. So like, there's never a worry that if you're running a pick and roll with Trey, that you need to go over the screen. Like everyone's always going to go under because yeah. what he's like, I think a career like 27% three point shooter, it just doesn't matter. Right. So I'd love to mm-hmm. see someone who adds a scoring dynamic to some degree so that it's not like you're banking on, well, yeah, we know what's coming. Like it's good. It's going to be right. the women Yama role. We don't need to worry about Trey shooting. It doesn't matter. He's just going to be the guy who's, uh, you know, facilitating to him. And then as far as the five goes, I think Zach Collins was in theory, kind of like what you would want, right? You wanted a guy right. who can, take a little bit of like beating in the post, uh, you know, defending there to take some of that brunt away from Wimbenyama. You want someone mm-hmm. who can stretch the floor reliably. And it seemed at least like that's what Zach Collins could do and also give you some high post facilitating. <laughs> right. But the only thing he's really provided is that high post playmaking. The defense has been really tough, not all on him. We can talk about that later. Uh, mm-hmm. but the shooting has been really bad and, and like right. guys are basically leaving him open and telling him like, go ahead, do it. Like shoot it. Like, let it fly, man. Like yeah. we're fine yeah. with you taking that shot and right. he's still taking it. And I think he's still taking it relatively confidently, which is <laughs> a, a little frustrating to see because it's like, yeah. dude, you're shooting 23, 24, 25, whatever it is. And you're taking like four or five a game. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Like put the ranch away. You're done. You don't. You don't need it. Like you're done. So I, yeah, it's yeah. been tough to watch. Uh, but it, in theory, I think someone like Zach Collins, what he was yeah. supposed to be, was what you wanted. But yeah, I okay. don't know that he's going to return or like progress to the mean. Is that a? Can you say it like that? Is progress yeah. to the mean? Yeah. I don't you know if he'll do it. But to the mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love. Then I absolutely, if stop. he can progress to the mean, then sure. I have to stop the podcast right here. I love the put down the ranch. That is, has to be some sort of Texas saying. It has to be. I've never heard it, but you guys are Texas people. You guys both chuckled. So I'm assuming it's a Texas thing. 
Uh, I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna it I'm gonna awesome. start using it in my common dialogue. Absolutely, put down the wrench. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So there's there's another aspect of this that I, I want to talk about. Obviously, Wemby is such a huge aspect, but uh, Devin Vassell I think is an e- not equally important, but a very very important part of this Spurs team ideology, whatever they you you want to call what they're building. He has missed a couple of games here, uh, dinged up. You know what I mean? And obviously with the injury concerns last year, him missing a chunk of time, I guess I just want to get sort of a temperature check on how concerned you are with his like just availability, because I think that that's probably only the only thing holding me back from saying, you know, we had that discussion this summer where it was like, this guy is going to be a most improved candidate. The way he's going to play off of Wemby is phenomenal. And like, yeah, there's moments where you need him to to be more of a facilitator and grow in that area. But like his two-way stuff is absolutely sublime, right? And he's going to continue to grow in that area. The only thing that kind of makes me, I don't know, question that a little bit is the availability. Is there concerns in that? Or am I just blowing that out of proportion? I think with Wimbenyama, I'm not really that concerned about his availability Sorry, no, oh was no, that no, Collins? was that Collins? no no okay Devin Vassell Devin Vassell De- Vassell I'm sorry I, I with totally Devin Vassell okay I'm sorry you cut out for a minute and I thought you okay no you're good uh with <laughs> Devin Vassell I am getting a little concerned just slightly because like last year it was you know it's a knee thing but it's yeah. not that serious we're just gonna go clean some stuff up he'll be back we're just being precautionary right like it's a losing season doesn't matter we're going to take, he's going to take his time. Right. And then it's continued to be like, well, he's going to miss a game here. He's going to miss a game there. He's going to miss a, a couple more games here and there. And it's, you know, he's only 23 years old. Uh, I don't love when guys have like lower extremity injuries, like that, that mm-hmm. kind of concerns me, but yeah, I, I'm willing to give him the rest of the season to kind of see like, you know, can he, can he kind of shake that? Is it just maybe an unfortunate, um, you know, side effect of some of the work he had done last year, but yeah, I am right. a little concerned, but I'm not like, I'm not ready to hit the, you know, like the, the emergency button. button. Yeah. The panic oh button. But I, I am a little bit concerned. Cause like he, I think he's missed like five games this season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's early again. Like it, this, yeah. this could all be like precautionary. Uh, I'm not sure if it was resting back to backs or whatever, but it, it, it's very early. I'm still very high on Devin Vassell. I'm not like questioning any of that. I just think like, you know, injuries clearly a concern for a guy who just inked his contract looking forward, like what that looks like. It's, it's just a, a question. That's all I had. Uh, I got, I'll put down my ranch. Um, I have, I have, uh, so I guess we can get into this conversation of, of potential trades. Okay. Yeah. And you know, there's, I, I was listening to the Brian Winhorse Winhorse podcast. I brought, I brought this up to you as well, Lauren, a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, you know, the Cavs in the LeBron year, the rookie year of LeBron, they traded for a point guard and Jeff McGinnis. LeBron's efficiency started to go through the roof because he didn't have to play point guard anymore. A lot of that, I see the similarities somewhat with the Wemby, Trey Jones, Sohan conversation. Who knows how they go that way? We just spent 20 minutes talking about the experimentation and maybe they do shift to Trey Jones as their starting point guard, but maybe that, I don't think that's necessarily a long-term look. So I, we have some point guards that we want to throw out to you just to see what you think. First of all, do okay. you think the yeah. Spurs are 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 in the market to make a trade? Do you think it's like, would they be making a trade this summer? Or sorry, this year? 
I think they could. I know that Mike Scotto had said something along the lines of like Chetty Osman, Doug McDermott, and Devontae right. Graham are like all available, which doesn't surprise me. They don't really fit the timeline. Uh, I think yeah. all of them but Devontae Graham are on an expiring deal. So like if they're willing to part ways with those guys, which I mean, I have no problem with that at all, then sure. Yeah, especially if it means that they get another point guard and kind of add depth because love Blake Wesley. I don't know if they trust him. And if they don't, mm-hmm. like maybe they want to, you know, continue to add another point guard that can run the offense so that there's a true point guard in there at all times. Right. Um, okay. I, I have some names, Lauren. I don't know if you have other names. I feel like if you I have some, do. throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you go first, Lauren. I, I, I'm always interested because you, you okay. got a brain for this trade stuff. man. You, <laughs> well, it's yeah. hard because it's like when you've got a team like the Spurs that you just mentioned, all those contracts, it's like you can look at some of these situations that have maybe gone awry for some other teams where you've got these massive mm-hmm. contracts and try to go get a maybe a bigger name or a veteran presence. Or you could go look for guys that are younger and that have fallen out of rotations, but that have shown some pop. And so I guess I should start by asking you, could you see them going for somebody on a larger number contract, like maybe like a Malcolm Brogdon trying to get something like that? Or do you think it's like, well, we're seeing what that looks like in Portland. I don't know that that's the right fit. We should go for someone like Trey Mann. Yeah, I think they probably are avoiding committing a lot of money to someone because I think it's a big deal for them to have that cap space. They want to be able to spend. This was supposed to be an evaluation year. So like once you evaluate, then you make the big decision. Uh, I I think that's probably what they're going to do. So I don't think they will, but who knows? Maybe they surprise me, but that's just my feel on that. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll start with two small names for you with some, some smaller, some smaller contracts. What are your thoughts on Davion Mitchell and Trey Mann? I like Trey Mann. I was a big fan of him at Florida. Uh, He's not getting a ton of run with the, with the Thunder. He's never been that efficient, but I love how he's able to create space, create advantages, um, you know, not just for himself, but for other guys. So I would love to see him in there. He's another one of those guys, though, that like, if you're young and you take questionable shots, pop probably isn't going to leave you in for very long. So I don't know if that would be like their main target. Uh, and what was the other name? Remind me one more time. Davion, the other Davion Mitchell, Davion Mitchell. Yep. I like him a lot too. I like Mm -hmm. him a lot, uh, for different reasons. I think he can kind of just be a cog in the offense. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, a guy who's, you know what you're going to get on the defensive end. He's going to give you like near all NBA defense level, like and I think Pop would love that. I mean, he loves effort yeah. from guys like that. He constantly praises Trey for that kind of effort on the defensive end. But I think as you know, as opposed to what Trey doesn't bring as a floor spacer, I think Davion Mitchell can knock down a three every once in a while. So yeah. I, I think they they might be interested in him. If he is available, that would be an interesting name to kind of throw out there. But as much as I love Trey Mann and I wish they would be interested, my <laughs> feeling is probably no. Probably no. Okay, good to know. Okay, uh, so I have some names, and these are names where it's like most of them are going to be free agents this summer, but also that gives you a little bit of a testing ground this season to see if it works, and if you want to, you pay them. If you don't, you don't pay them. But and I, I think there's a world in which this works. So the first one is Markel Fultz. He's a free okay. agent this summer. Uh, he's obviously a point guard. He would fit that need of like a change of pace guard. Yes, he struggles in the shooting department. That's no question. That would be a flaw. But what do you think about Markel? I think he's kind of like Trey Jones on steroids, if you will. Like he's, he's going <laughs> to give you a lot of what Trey Jones gives you, but maybe a little bit more. Um, I like right. him a lot, actually. I, I still really like him. Uh, and if it, if it comes at like a relatively cheap price, then 
I would maybe be interested, but he's another one of those guys that they may see like, oh, it's a little redundant with Trey. We just paid right. Trey. Well, we'll we're fine to kind of see what we have in Trey instead. Okay, fair enough. Uh, bring the other Jones brother home, Tyus Jones. <laughs> How do you yeah. feel about a, a, a double pairing, the brothers? Why not? Now, I really like Tyus. I think Tyus can shoot a little bit. He has been able to kind of expand his range off the dribble a bit. He is a guy who I think is also very cautious with the ball, has some similarities yep. with Trey. He's a little smaller, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're that concerned defensively right now. Like you're pretty bad defensively. It doesn't have to be a long-term yep. commitment. I, I think it would be really fun. I'm a big uh, Jones Brothers fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I watched them at Duke. I'm not like a huge Duke fan or anything, but I do like good basketball <laughs> and they play basketball pretty well there pretty often. So I would yep. be on board. Maybe the Spurs are on board because he adds that shooting dynamic, but yeah, those are all really interesting names. I really like Davion Mitchell, and I really like uh, Tyus Jones. I, I like both of them. I have names. some more. I have some more. Uh, okay. okay. How do you feel about Jaden Ivey? This would probably cost wow. a little bit I, I more. I thought about this, too. I'm so <laughs> okay. glad you said that. I thought but about look, this, too. He is, he is, he's clearly in and out of the rotation. I'm working on a video right now talking about Jaden Ivey. He's very clearly out it's of the been rotation. Tough. Well, yeah. It's been really mm-hmm. tough to watch him not being prioritized. I mean, he was what second or third in rookie of the year uh, voting last year. He looked awesome. I mean, yes, the deficiency is an all, but like still good starting guard, in my opinion, for a team that's trying to develop. What would you think about Jaden Ivey? Now keeping, keep in mind, it would probably cost you a little bit more than any of these other guys we're talking about here. If they really think that he's like a guy who can be a long-term part of the future and be a starter long-term, then I think, sure. I I like Jaden Ivey. I had him fifth on my big board the year he was in his draft. I think it was the 2022 draft, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2022 draft with Sohan in them. Um, But... Mm -hmm. uh, God, I, I, it's it's funny. I actually thought you were gonna about to ask me about Killian Hayes. <laughs> well, he's another guy that I have on there, but yeah. But I yeah. like Jaden Ivy. He's just got another gear that guys just don't reach. I think he's still kind of figuring things out as a facilitator. Like he does misreads. He does get a little yeah. bit sped up. But like, if you wanted a point guard project in an experiment that kind of made sense and that you think, hey, this could work. Like, I think he's a really great name. I think he has some shooting mm-hmm. potential. I don't really trust the jumper now, but. Yeah. He is a guy who, if hey, like if he is available and they think they can have him at a reasonable price, like a a, a Doug and a Chetty and a first rounder, and then yeah, yeah, go for it. I think it just depends on yeah. the price, but I really like the name. I believe in him still, and I'm I'm very yeah. sad that he's not playing very much in Detroit. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, it's 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 a weird situation in Detroit. I'm very excited for whenever we get a Detroit guest on here because there's a lot to dissect <laughs> so there much. with so what much. the hell is going on in Detroit. That um, has been a brutal situation. <laughs> but even just like even looking at the list of guards that I'm looking at right now, potential mm-hmm. guys who could get moved, obviously guys who won't get moved, but there's like there's a lot of guys on the market or could be on the market that could help the Spurs. And I wonder given the predicament around the whole Sohan, Trey Jones, Wemby situation, maybe there is going to be a precedent to say, okay, we'll get another guard, even if it's like DeLon Wright, who I have here as a potential candidate, which is like unrestricted free agent, right? You probably need to pay him a little bit or you don't need to, but still like a stopgap guard plays a lot of great defense, maybe could work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think there is a world in which maybe the Spurs explore it. Again, to your point, I don't think it would be like a high-risk situation here. I'd be surprised about that, but that's just me on that topic. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's possible that they do something like that. I'll throw another name in there that maybe isn't like a sexy name, but TJ McConnell, he's not yeah, really yeah. in the rotation. But the Pacers, Pop seems to really want to still have veteran presences around. So if they're getting rid of McDermott, they're getting rid of Osman, they're or, or thinking about getting rid of those guys and Devontae Graham, like those are kind of your only veterans. So like, are you right. trading your only veterans for even more young guys? Like I could see them maybe pursuing someone like a TJ McConnell, reliable, not like overwhelming in any area, but like, you know what you're getting every night. He, he's mm -hmm. been in the league for years. He knows what he's doing. He can give you some leadership. He can give yeah. you some stability. Like he's another name again, not like a name that anyone's going to throw a parade for, but like I, I could see them trading for a point guard. I could see it happening, especially because mm -hmm. like Devonte Graham's not playing right. and like he, if he's not playing and they really do want more point guard play, then they have to get it somewhere. Like it can't just be Trey and it can't just be Trey and Sohan yep. all year. Probably. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how yeah. this team develops. I, I'm very curious. Yeah. Sorry, Lauren, go ahead. No. Well, I'm like, do I ask about this name? I can't, I'm just going to, I've decided I'm, I'm going to do it, but I go back and yeah. forth on what the true value of this guy would be. And I, there's so many questions, which I think might actually help make him more attainable. And that's Cole Anthony with the Orlando Magic, who have been really fun this season. But they have... Take him off your board. He's not available. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you right now, he's not there's available. No, you don't think there's any way with everything going on there? You think there's no way? If if they if they ended the season today, he would be the sixth man of the year. Yeah. Probably. So I, I, don't, I don't think so. You don't think I, there's any chance he's available? Okay. I, I think... I actually think, if anything... Given where the Magic have been and yeah. with Markel missing a bunch of games, they would be more inclined to move, to move Markel, Markel versus I Cole Anthony. That. I agree with that for sure. I think that they're fine. I think that they've got a financial situation looming. And I wonder yeah. if they're going to try to sell high or if they're going to wait it out and then potentially have to dump somebody. So that's where I kind of come fair. back to Orlando. But I, I agree. What Cole's been doing for them this year is is hard to to overlook. So I'll give I'll. I'll I'll like the name though. One, I like the name a lot. Like in theory, yeah, I, like I mean, it. yeah, in theory, that's a type of guard that could work really well for the Spurs. Um, and, yeah. and look, I, I actually think like, you know, no, we've talked about this before, but like the flexibility that the Spurs have with cap space, with the extra picks, it gives them a lot of room to try, fail, succeed, and just like work on different things that will, pan out like things will work out for themselves Wemby he will figure things out on his own too again it's 20 games into his rookie season so it's tough to say what's going to be year three four five for him because it seems like the ceiling is exponential for a player like that and we know we won't know right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and and I think the only the only concern I would have moving forward is some of those picks that looked really really awesome for them like Atlanta Chicago, yeah. uh, Charlotte, it's, there's a pretty high possibility, like at, at the very least, that the Charlotte and Chicago picks are just going to end up being seconds and they're not going right. to really matter. So yeah, I, I think yeah. you sell high on your assets while you can get something. But that's yeah. just me. I'm not popping the front office. They don't probably don't care what I have to say. But that would, if it was me, I would at least right. be thinking about that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Jaden Ivey, San Antonio Spur, is is what I've come to conclusions with <laughs> I would love with here. that. I would love that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything you have to plug? Uh, anything either of you guys have to say before we head out of here? Anything you guys want to mention? No. I'm good. I'll leave it over to Noah. 
No, I think we covered pretty much every single base. I had a bunch of fun talking about the Spurs, hypothetical trades, Wimby, all of it. So, no, honestly, yeah, just you want to check out my work. You can find it at Air Alamo. You can, uh, you know, find me on Twitter. I still call it Twitter. I probably will never stop calling it Twitter uh, at N underscore Magaro, M-A-G-A-R-O. But besides that, just appreciate y'all having me on and and having a good conversation. I had a lot of fun. Of course, of course, man. Always, always, always happy to have you. And uh, yeah, Noah does great work there over at Air Alamo. Also, uh, in general, I I think we did cover a lot of the bases of the Spurs. And to be honest with you, I'm still calling it Twitter too. I've never <laughs> once called it X. Never. I've never. I can't I've never it. had the. Yeah, it just doesn't flow off the tongue to be like, oh yeah, on X.com. Yes, you can check it out. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way, ladies and gentlemen. Put the ranch down, as they say in Texas. Uh, okay, thank you very much for everybody who has listened to the Objective Basketball Podcast from Lauren, from Noah, from myself. We will see you guys later. Take care. Have a good one. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at The Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no 